Hi guys, my name is Maddie. Welcome or welcome back to the Musician Diaries. I hope you guys are all having a happy Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever day it is for you so far. And today I have a very special guest. <laughs> so if you want to just talk about like who I am, uh, well, I'm a flutist. Like, who you are, really um, quickly. Uh, based in uh, Toronto uh, and have been here for, well, quite a long time now. Um, I went to high school in the Toronto area and um, that uh, was where I kind of started my musical path. Um, before that I was in a, another country and we didn't have music as such as, as part of the curriculum so it was here in Canada that I first discovered it and then after that was, of course, the I went into university after also studying a bit with at the conservatory. Um, and I happened to go to U of T um, for a while. And then later on, uh, I did some uh, studying in England. And then um, I was just sort of fortunate at the time that... Um, it was a different time, but when I when I was back here, I started playing in an orchestra. TSO. And um, no, the Toronto Film okay. at the time, which is no longer around. Uh, but um, I ended up staying there for about 20 years. And um, about, let's see, what is this, 2020? So about maybe seven or eight years ago, I started doing more solo work, which is just recitals and... Um, uh, some chamber music and going around teaching master classes and so on and basically that's what I do all the time now or before COVID. <laughs> COVID has thrown a skew in everyone's plans. Yes, absolutely. Okay. We're adjusting. but Yeah, can you believe it's been almost a year? Yeah, we're coming up to that sort of horrible anniversary but um, I don't know, it's kind of, uh, it's taught everybody an awful lot about uh, not just what they do, but just how they're living and stuff. And, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So I'm not sure I could handle it if there wasn't that light. <laughs> no, at least the vaccines are here and slowly they're going to start, like, distributing them. But yeah, hopefully at least for me by September when I start uni, things will be somewhat back to normal, right? Although, yeah. how can you really define normal anymore? <laughs> well, we're gonna make it something, um, but it would be nice, for, especially for, for music, to be able to get back to actual in-person things rather than online, which has so many, so many limitations. Like, I know Western has been doing some things in person, like they've been doing like small ensembles, socially distanced, and like lessons mm -hmm. in person, but like no other school has, right? And that's it's just yeah. so weird because even at my school, it's like we have virtual band, and so yeah. that runs for 45 minutes every Wednesday, and we just play along to like a CD. It's yeah. it's yeah. so bad, but I mean, it's... like, we're doing what we can, right. It's all we can do at the moment, but uh, yeah, there, there really is no substitute um, for being in person with people as, in what we do. Um, we just cannot find 
an online substitute that that does the job. I mean, even even actually, um, you know, you mentioned distanced concerts where players are spaced on stage, and they've been doing that a lot, and not just uh, here, but in in Europe and so on. But even that is is um, a, a big compromise, and of course it has to be done. But it's very difficult to play an ensemble yeah. when you're too far away from other people. And we've all complained about that in, in years past, about you know, staging and stuff like that when people are too spread out because we can't hear. So now actually having to do it... Um, it's 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 better than nothing, but it is, we're not hearing the best that people can do. I remember for us, this is actually quite the opposite. So I was in a pit orchestra last year and the pit was really small and there must have been like 30 of us. And we mm -hmm. were complaining because we didn't have enough room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Anyway... Um, I have a list of questions, as I kind of already sure. mentioned, so I'm just going to run through them and we'll just see how many we can tick off, because I don't want to keep you here forever. Um, okay. Okay, so you mentioned you were part of the Toronto Phil. What was the audition process for that like? Oh, I have to remember. Um, it was quite a long time ago. I, I, I just remember preparing for it um, and we had the usual um, list of, of excerpts and uh, a solo piece uh, to go through at the time and then it was uh, over a couple of days if I remember correctly um, and, and we had the usual so uh, the audition itself you know it was screened and um, Basically, you walk into an empty room, and you play to the curtain. That is so uh, weird. <laughs> but you know, there's there's people on the other side, and and in my case, because I've actually I actually played with the orchestra before, I kind of knew who was on the other side. You just can't talk to them or anything like that, so it's a bit of a strange situation. But um, everybody goes through the same thing, all, all the candidates and. I don't remember how many uh, other candidates there were at the time, and um, I mean audition day is kind of like weird to begin with because you sort of arrive and, and you draw numbers to see what order you're going to go in. And um, then everybody sort of shoved into um, one big room and we all start warming up. Quote unquote basically. warming up. Yeah. <laughs> basically psyching out you know um but you you have to be sort of focused enough not to let that bother you or anything like that and just um keep your mind on on what it is you want to do um and then once you're finished your round then you sort of have to wait around um orchestras will do different things they will sometimes break the group up into several smaller groups and so like maybe six people and then at the end of six people they'll come out and say if anybody has, should stay or, or if everybody should go. And then they do the next group and so on and so forth. That's nerve-wracking. Um, yeah. 
So basically, you're you're, you're you know you you sort of have to be on with with blinders on for the whole day. Um, for me, what I tend to do is I I sort of I don't hang around as, as, as in the room. I I just go for a walk somewhere and come back when it's time to hear results or something like that. Um, but then you know if you have to stay, then you have to play another round. And that round, again, is different for each orchestra. Sometimes it's just more excerpts, ones you haven't done. Sometimes, uh, well, a lot of times that's where the solo piece comes in. And um, for, for us, I think that was the way we did it. So the solo piece came in the second. Um, and at that time, things have changed now, but at that time, the second round was not behind a screen. It was in front of In front of like panel. a panel, yeah. Yeah. And they would uh, stop and ask you to play it again in a different way and all these kinds of things. And um, basically that's where, having, having since then I served on the other side of the table. So I know what they're looking for now. Um, at the time, I didn't. But um, basically you're just looking to get a sense of the person, not just the, the player. Uh, you want to know, is this person going to be okay in the orchestra, you know, getting along with other people and so on, um, as much as you can tell in, in a short conversation. Um, and then what would happen is uh, if, if there's no other round scheduled, um, the panel has to vote. And they've been doing this since the first round, so it's not... Um, Basically, it's if you have seven people on the panel, everybody votes in order who they want to continue, and the people with the most votes progress. So, um, you know, you're waiting around at the end uh, to find out if anybody, because sometimes nobody has gotten enough votes to go, and then the whole day is shot. Um, that happens quite often. Uh, People will get votes, of course, but not enough, not the majority. Not looking to forward ahead. to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's actually not, um, it's not so nerve-wracking because everybody's in the same boat, and uh, you know, um, it's probably the fairest system that we have right now um, to go ahead. So if you're dealing with seven people on the panel, then you need at least somebody to get at least four votes. And, um, luckily, you know, occasionally it does happen. You get at least four votes. I have no idea. You never know how many you actually got, but enough is enough. And, um, then they will, most times on the day of, they will come out and, and make the offer right there um, and sometimes maybe it's a tie and that can happen too and um, then oh yeah if I remember correctly it was a tie with me I'm not sure um, they will offer you to both to play with the orchestra during the regular season and split it okay so know. just like half-half yeah half-half and um, that's basically your probation and then you know, if all goes well, then somebody gets offered um, the chair. Um, so it's it's a bit of a long process from from uh, preparation 
to actually sitting there and um, but I think the hardest part the hardest part is actually the preparation part that takes so much time and um, attention by the time you get to audition it's pretty much well this is fun now because you've done all the hard work and And hopefully it's just muscle memory at that point to a point yeah I'm not a huge fan of muscle memory as a as a thing but um, of course it does help in emergency situations but um, yeah how how you prepare is is quite a different thing and and um, yeah, I was very young at the time. I didn't know how to prepare properly. Uh, so it was just sheer luck. But since then, yeah, I've, I've realized that one has to spend way more time and attention than I did uh, on these things. Uh, because yeah, the standard is quite high no matter which orchestra you're going to. So talking about like practicing and stuff like that, what is your current practice routine like? I don't have a routine. Um, I never have. And even when I try to institute one, it yeah. just doesn't work for me. Number one is I like to play things that I like to play. That makes now, sense. for me, that can mean a lot of things that I can't play because I like the challenge. Yes. <laughs> so I do end up practicing that. Um, and it also depends on if I have specific things to prepare. So if there's concerts coming up, I will spend more time on that program than anything else. Um, but a lot of times, too, I will just uh, be going through basic exercises and um, keeping that all fresh. Uh, so I guess I do touch on many things uh, in a practice session. It's whatever I, I feel needs attention at the time. So I'm not one to say, okay, now it's time to warm up for 45 minutes and then do scales for 45 minutes. It's never going to work. <laughs> yeah, me, right? me either. So uh, I know some people do like that, but uh, it's too structured. Um, I will work on whatever needs work. So, And that might mean working on a scale for more than 45 minutes, because if that needs work, it'll I'll go until it's done. The RCM technique stuff just kills me like I'm doing my grade 8 in February and like that it's also in the middle of auditions and everything and there's just so much technique like they updated the trumpet syllabus I think 2013 and there's so many things they added to it and they're saying like oh it has to be memorized but it is almost humanly impossible to memorize that much content like and that's that's not even including pieces and i'm just like uh yes. I, I mean i agree with you sorry go ahead <laughs> no i was just gonna say, i mean i i see the same thing when i prepare my students for those exams too there is quite a lot of material um the good part well i don't know if it's good you have to remember that we're always practicing for two years from now and and what i mean by that is that whatever you're practicing now will be uh, very comfortable in a couple of years and it will serve you really well. For a lot of students it's it's difficult simply because you're really not familiar with this stuff and so it's the first time through it and everything's new and so it's kind of hard to put it all together uh, as one comprehensive thing but um, in, in a couple of years, the pieces you play now, the technique you do now is what is going to be old hat for you then. 
and it's going to be really good at that point in time. It's just right now, it's overwhelming. But um, you know, I, I look at what you the technique book that you're saying, and um, at our version for flute, and I think, wow, that's you know that takes time. I even for me, I can run through it now, but if they were all new to me, that would be nerve-wracking. And also, for us at least, we also have like a basic like standard like technique book called the Arpen book. So it's about like couple inches thick. And so in that there's like diminished dominant seven like chord patterns and stuff like that. And so we have to do all of those memorized, but the pattern changes. Like the ending, whether it goes up or down or both like it changes every time and it doesn't make sense but I mean I guess it is what it is right (laughs) it is and you just have to keep your eye on the on the future when it will be uh, more manageable and you would be you will be thankful for having gone through that preparation Um, it'll save you a lot of time in the future okay so next question when you are having a what some define as like a bad playing day. What do you yeah. do? Put the flute away. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just straight out of the box, just put it away. Yeah, just put it away. Um, it depends on, on what it is. Um, for me, I'm obsessed about sound production and so on and so forth. So if that is sort of uh, falling away on a particular day and I can't, let's say I can't fix it right away, I will stop. Because the more I try, um, the more frustrating it'll get, etc., etc. So I will just stop and not play, and uh, usually not until the next day. I will come back to it. Um, that's usually the only kind of sort of bad playing day I would have, is, is about sound production. Fingers are always kind of there. You know, um, I always think of like fingers and, and, and so on, they're just the robot part of you. And um, they will always work. But the very fine sort of control issues with embouchure and all that, that can change on a daily basis. Uh, having said that, there are ways that at least uh, in the in the flute world, we, we have um, tried to come up with ways of... of playing, a technique of playing that minimize those bad days, you know, really finding out what is it that changes, what is it that goes wrong, and avoiding that in the first place. But, you know, when we're tired or when you have a lot of stuff to prepare, a bad day might creep up on you. And we just hope it's not on a concert day. It usually isn't, which is interesting. Um, you know, I can usually have a bad playing day like the day after a concert, and I think, whoa, that was lucky. But there's there's probably a reason why it doesn't kick in until it's not important. And I think um, because uh, we happen to be, if we're playing well, then all our tricks, if you will, or all our technique is in gear for the concert. And then it's just sort of, we forget about it the next day and relax a bit. And that's where things start to go on. Yeah, it's just because it's so, so like high pressure that you kind of just yeah. have to like... Yeah. do it right and sometimes you don't even think, think about it <laughs> I think adrenaline comes for a lot yeah 
see talking about like adrenaline all my university auditions this year are pre-recorded so that's just a whole different story because <laughs> there is like none of that adrenaline it's like you have I don't know 15 minutes of repertoire you have to play without stopping and you have to get a good take so it's just it's just so nerve-wracking because I I finally submitted my first audition the other day and I like I can't talk I'm sorry like the clip was I think about 10-12 minutes ish and so in order to get that I was literally recording for I think in total it was about six hours and that wasn't including rehearsal like it's just I find it's a lot harder to do pre-recorded sometimes because it's just you want to get it so perfect right yeah recording is a whole different beast and um actually I find I, I agree with you um especially in this COVID time many of us have been recording things and videos and stuff to to post um and it is very difficult mainly because we can just do it again and we kind of know that um when you're obviously doing a concert you get the one shot and it usually goes pretty fine you know it's okay it's it's great because we're hyper focused at the time and even when you're doing a commercial recording it's not the same because um you know you have studio time and all that there, there's a, there's a time limit as to how you can do but so as for, especially in classical music we prepare very well for those just like if it was a concert and we can play the recording as if it was a concert that's the whole point but when we're just recording at home and you can just push the button any time of the day and do it again and again and again yeah we get into the habit you probably find after like a few takes it starts to get worse you, you get nitpicky and it doesn't even sound like you half the time for me my best take is always my first take <laughs> and when it comes to like auditions and stuff i had three pieces i had to prepare i had two rep and then an etude and the etude was by far the hardest out of all of them and originally when i started recording i was like you know what i'm gonna do the etude first that way i can get a good take of the etude and then i can do the other pieces but that, like looking back, that was just such a bad idea because by the time I got the etude perfect, my lips were dead, like my chops were dead, right? So then what I ended up doing is I like sandwiched it in between the two easier pieces. That way, you know, I get a good take of the first piece and then I have to keep going because I already got a good take of the first piece. And even though like it obviously wasn't perfect because it's hard to get that perfect. It was good enough, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't forget, I mean, um, especially in an audition situation, um, it doesn't have to be note perfect. What they're looking for is musicality more than anything. Do you have basic control over your instrument? Yes, that's important. Um, but do you actually have something to say? And even in orchestral situations, that's what we're looking for. Um, so competency, yes, but that's not enough. And so you need to sort of hear the person's personality coming through in their playing. And and sometimes you need to put on that take, uh, which has a few, you know, muffs here and there, um, but has something musical. That's 
usually way more successful than trying to present something that's just note perfect and nothing else. So you brought up success, right? So how would you define success? Because everyone defines it like slightly differently, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think uh, first maybe happiness. If you're happy, you're a success. It has nothing to do with a dollar amount of pay or anything like that. You've got to be happy and you've got to be having fun, especially in this business. Um, it's not fun if you're not having fun. It truly can be horrible. So um, the things we have to, to, to do, you know, even the long hours spent practicing, preparing stuff, that's got to be fun or else it's going to be a chore. And um, that's how I think I, I think about it. I mean, I never really think about success. Um, it's just a non-issue because it is what it is. And I'm, if you're happy, then that's great. You don't want to do anything else. Perhaps that is a success. Um, thinking about who has the biggest job or... or who makes the most or who who's first chair. Or anything like that is... Um, it's just not a thing. It's, it's, it doesn't matter at all. Um, it's... Uh, you know, I, I suppose part of that... As students, we do need to be a little bit competitive um, because that keeps our drive going. And But even then, I th tend to think of it in, in a different way. It's not necessarily competitive. It's more inspirational. So you hear another fellow student do something and you go, whoa, that's awesome. And they've just given you an idea for what you can try in the practice room. It's not that they're better or anything like that. Nobody's actually better. It's just different. And we can incorporate everything we hear from everybody and do something in our playing. So it's, it's great if we can sort of get into that mindset. Um, and, and, you know, even in auditions, um, everybody else, all the other candidates in the room with you, it's not competition. Of, I mean, yeah, of course it is. Only one person's going to get it. But it has n really nothing to do with competition at that point. It's just the orchestra is looking for somebody who fits, not necessarily the quote-unquote better player. It may not be that person. And, like, and talking about, like, being better, like, yes, there's always going to be people who are quote-unquote, like, better than you, but often that's just out, like, one specific thing. So, like, technique, for example, right? Like, you might be better at them than something you don't know about yet, right? So, I have, like, it's so hard to compare, like, two different people when it comes to, like, who's a better performer unless, like, there's just a really clear indication. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, music is really not an art form, and there it is right there. It's an art form. It's really not something that you can judge um, with any common standard. Uh, the minute you ask a different person their opinion, it's going to be different. And so, uh, you know, we have instituted things like competitions and auditions and stuff like that only because uh, we need to There needs categorize. to be a system, kind of. Yeah. Humans always need to categorize things. Um, but... The, the end of the day, I mean, if 
both people go out on stage and do a concert, um, you know, the, the audience is going to be different in each room and they're never going to hear the other person. So uh, it, it doesn't make a difference in that sense. It's, the competitions and auditions are a completely artificial thing when it comes to the art form. Um, but it's all we have. I, I, funny you brought up competitions. I was actually just, I competed in a competition end of November, I think. And I don't know why, but I was like, I was getting so worried about it. And turns out I was like one of two people competing for like my like subdivision kind of so trumpet mm -hmm. and I, I was so nervous and I don't know why like looking back at it now right but I don't know well it's natural yeah it's natural to be nervous um especially at the you know uh, the beginning and we think we have something to prove of yeah of course that, that comes into play um it, there is a certain luxury I guess in having gone through that and, and you will go through that and come out the other end and become let's say uh, your own person after that there is a certain luxury in, in age I suppose and being able to really not let it affect you um, because it you realize that it's a certain way it doesn't matter and um I can see, I mean, I, I, I do remember those situations, and they're not fun. They're, they're, they're certainly not um, anything you wake up in the morning looking forward to, but uh, kind of necessary in a way. Um, it, it teaches you to focus, for sure, um, and it teaches you to deal with those nerves, because we'll all have them at some point, and um, although I think there are ways of avoiding them for the most part, but um, it teaches you the process of going through that. Like, for instance, one of the best ways to avoid stage fright or nerves or anything like that is just to know your stuff cold. And, uh, you know, what does that really mean? Well, in a sense of preparation, I kind of, you know, my students ask me, well, how do I know if I've practiced enough? And so the mere fact that you're asking that question means you haven't. So you have to know deep down that nothing is going to go wrong. And that's a whole different level of practicing and preparation, right? Okay, awesome. <laughs> so, um, hold on, I just, I, I still have questions. I'm just like highlighting them as we go. Um, sorry. <laughs> Okay, so have you ever been told that, quote-unquote, being a musician isn't a real job? And if so, how did you respond to that? It doesn't happen so much now. Um, but yes, I have been in the past. Um, and there is no reason to um, try and dissuade anybody from that opinion. It's just not worth it. Uh, so it's basically you smile and go, okay, you know. Just nod and um, smile, walk away. And <laughs> walk away. Um, they don't have an understanding of, of uh, what it entails. And perhaps it's not our job to try and convince them otherwise. It's just not an issue. Um, I've gotten it 
from family members and in that case you you're sort of obligated to spend time with them and so you have to explain things a little bit but um even then i mean um, i don't know if my family's particularly unique in in this but um many have never considered it a real job um to this day and uh there will be no changing minds at all. You know, it's just, um, I think, I have, I have, I don't know for sure, but I have a suspicion that it's because we have fun. Um, and surely you couldn't be having fun at your real job because nobody does. What would that be like? Yeah, apparently, apparently quite a number of people in the world go through life like that, which I cannot understand. And so, um, you know, I, 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 I'm perhaps a little biased um, in when we do career counseling and stuff like that. And I'm always going for, well, what do you like to do? And people think that's a little unreasonable. <laughs> like, it's not about what we like. It's about what we must. No, not at all. Um, I feel like it, so many people are kind of ingrained into the idea that you have few job choices. It's you either go to teacher's college, you become a doctor, or you become like a lawyer or something like that. And it's like, because those, you know, like you'll make money and you'll be okay. Like in being a musician, like because it is so like performance based, you aren't necessarily guaranteed like a specific income. And so I guess that's what throws people off. But like, if you work hard enough at it, right, I feel like you can be okay and like doing something you love just makes things like that much better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, first of all, you need the love there in order to get through the, the hours. But um, I also happen to think that if people can do what it is that they really like to do, they will do it well. And it will therefore be marketable. You know, somebody will consume it. Uh, doesn't really matter what the thing is, but it needs to be done with that quality and needs to be done. You know, like chefs say this all the time or people who can really cook. You say, well, I put all the same ingredients in, but yours is so much nicer and stuff. And they all say, oh, it's done with love. That's a thing. It really is a thing. And uh, you cannot have the quality without the love there in music and any kind of art form especially so if you if you do it from that point of view you will be in in general you'll be doing it well enough to earn a living there's not i mean there, there's a lot of people who play music and so on but there's not that many that can actually continue and make a career of it and so on it's those people we call it stick we call it determination those have bad connotations they always forget about the love and the passion and the obsession. And uh, those are the people that have that. They have that. And so it's not like they're going to be, um, you know, if they have to do, go and do a concert, they are not, because they love it, they're not going to do um, a substandard job. They're going to try and do an amazing job. And yes, obviously it's the best that they can, but usually... We're not even happy with that, you know, um, and we are striving to do even better than that. And that's what keeps the standard up high and that's what keeps it marketable. Um, sometimes, you know, 
I'm, I'm all for the best that you do the best you can, but sometimes you have to realize it's not good enough, and so there needs to be extra work involved. And um, that will happen as, as our sort of your standards grow and rise, and, and you're always trying to do better and better and better. And every day that goes by, um, my colleagues and myself, we know that we are better players each and every day that goes by because we, we work on different things, and so the standard keeps moving up. Um, so if I did a concert today, it'll be the best I can do today, obviously, but there's more I can do tomorrow. And that's how we keep going. I forgot what the question was. I just rambled and <laughs> I honestly with these questions, I'm just trying to keep it kind of like a conversation. So like I'll bring up oh, a okay. question and then like you'll like talk about it a bit and then that brings up another question. Like okay, it is okay. kind of just flowing and that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so speaking about like jobs or like performances or gigs, whatever you want to call it, like how do you get those right like good question um well they're all sort of different um they're different worlds really if you're doing gigging as we call it um which is subbing in here and there in orchestras or groups and um or doing um musician musician service jobs i call them like weddings and um whatever else you can think of i don't know i haven't done them in ages there's like weddings i used to do weddings like sometimes performing at like a restaurant outside, I don't know, just things yeah, like that. Yeah, those sorts of things. Um, they're completely different worlds. So, for instance, um, orchestra uh, subbing, which I did quite a bit of. Um, basically, that comes from sort of developing a reputation of being a good orchestral player, dependable. And it's not what you think. It's Yes, of course, you have to play all the notes and stuff like that. But it's, do you show up on time? Are you dependable? Are you like, you know, when the when the rehearsal starts, you know the stuff. It's not the time to practice. And uh, can you play what the conductor wants? Do you play in a nice way? Can you get along with people? But mostly, it's like, do you show up on time? And uh, always show up. <laughs> um, then what happens is word sort of gets around and the personnel managers of different groups will know and put you on their list. And if they need um, a fill-in, then, you know, you'll be on that list somewhere with other people. And the more you do, the, the sort of the easier it gets uh, to be on, on call. Um, and, you know, especially in Ontario, we have, at, at one time, we had um, people who, who made careers out of just subbing in different orchestras all the time. And we had, we fondly called it the 401 Philharmonic because there were orchestras, you know, all the way down the highway in different towns. And you could do that. I have to ask this, though, because I, have you, so have you ever subbed for Mervish? Once, yes. What was that like? Like, that's literally, like, my dream. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Um, I don't remember the show. What was the show? See, I don't remember the show now. Anyway, um, it's, it's a, uh, well, I knew the contractor at the time. And um, what you have to do, you have to sort of go in and sub, well, not sub, but um, sit there and audit a show next to the player so you can see the book 
that you're playing and all that kind of stuff. So you have that in mind. And then um, once that's done, then you can go in and actually sub in when need to be. Um, but it's a well-oiled machine and, and it just goes. Now, there's no rehearsal. You cannot. Once the show started, there's no rehearsal. Um, so you have to be familiar with the book and familiar with what that particular group is doing with that book, if there are any edits or anything like that. I remember for our last musical, because my school puts on a musical every year, we did Wizard of Oz, yeah. and the first time we ran through the whole show was our first performance. Yeah. <laughs> that happens a lot, you know. Um, but usually, uh, like, for those for the big productions, you have very able musicians in the pit. And um, many of us know each other, and we've done other things together, and, and so it's kind of... Uh, it's, it's a little relaxed in that way. We know each other, and it's like we've played before. Um, but there's a lot of responsibility in this that you also have to know how that particular conductor who you've probably never worked with before is going to do things. You have to know what the singers are going to do or what are they likely to do. So if it's your first time subbing in, it can be pretty nerve-wracking. It can be you're on alert as long as the show's going. And then when you get used to it, then um, you can you know what to expect in the score and you relax. Again, that's because there's no rehearsal by that point. Um, but it usually goes okay, you know, your colleagues will help you out and point things out. This is coming up, that's coming up, whatever. And so you kind of know you're, you're, it's not a totally impossible imposs thing to do. Um, but then, yeah, no, I mean, but then, you know, as far as the sub subbing in those productions goes, it can be few and far between. Um, usually the sub-list will have several names on it, and that even depends on the, the contracted player taking time off, which sometimes doesn't happen for a long time. And, sorry, I, I just have to ask just out of my own curiosity, so for those, like, kind of jobs, is that just, you get those just because you've built, like, a reputation and people know you, and so you just get added to a list? <laughs> For those, yes, I would say essentially that's how it goes. It's word of mouth. Um, it's not a formal orchestra, and so there's no formal audition situations. Um, you know, it, like in, an, in a regular orchestra, there is an agreement um, put in place with the union and so on of how hires will be done. Um, but when you're basically talking about a, we call it a pickup orchestra, uh, which is just different people put together because of who they are. Um, there are no contracts like that, no agreements like that. So it all depends on the, the booking agent, the personnel manager. Who do they want okay. to have? Because, like, for me, anyway, and I've talked about this in some of my other episodes, like, the dream is, like, being the pit orchestra for Newsies. Like, that show just has my whole heart, and it's, like, the trumpet solo at the beginning. It's just amazing, right? <laughs> so what you have to hope for is that it comes to town and yes. then they get you get hired and then it, it gets, it's so popular that it just goes on an indefinite run, which can sometimes happen, like happened with uh, Phantom of the Opera years ago. Um, it ran for, I think, 10 years or more. I think so. Um, I, I don't remember. Newsies yeah, was... It's actually still running. Yeah. 
Newsies was here. Oh my gosh, I think it must have been five years ago now, so it probably won't come back for a hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You know, there's still Stratford. <laughs> yes, uh, and that's a good point. They have an orchestra. Um, and, um, you know, there's a. Uh, well, well, there's just opportunities all over the place. Well, I'm thinking about when things get back to to being able to perform and, and the houses open again. Um, we're actually quite fortunate in southern Ontario because um, there's there's a pretty good scene. Um, lots of productions, uh, musicals, opera, ballet, um, regular orchestra stuff. Uh, we have a lot of ongoing concerts all the time. We have a lot of musicians in Southern Ontario. It's just ridiculous. Like, um, But, I mean, it goes all the way down through the Niagara region and, and um, out to Ottawa, really. So, um, it is, you know, it is possible to exist here. I, I, I don't do much anymore. Um, well, actually, in the last few years, I've done really no concerts in Canada. Um, but that's mainly because I, I rarely will do um, subbing in on anything. Occasionally in an orchestra because it's nice to remember what it's like. Um, but because most of my work or all of my work now is solo work, there's much less opportunities in one particular geographic region. Because people only watch the same thing so many times. Yeah. 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 So you said most of your stuff right now is outside of Canada. Could yeah. you like talk a little bit more about that? Um, well, yeah, I, I always sort of joke my commute is to the airport, um, which I love. I love traveling. So you, again, you have to have that or else <laughs> it would be a real pain. Um, but I love traveling and I love seeing new places and meeting new people and so on. So I will, I mean, it, it varies, but kind of, I will go somewhere, let's say, I'm trying to remember the last concert I had now before COVID and I can't. Anyway, um, one of the things I will do is I'll go to a university um, and I will do either a day or two days or something like that, sometimes a week of a residency. And so I'll give a concert and teach master classes to the flute players. Um, and so, uh, uh, you know, you go and it's really nice. You're hosted by the university and um, you get to meet the students, uh, which is always wonderful. It's an adventure. And then you get to hear them all and and try to help as much as you can and then you play a concert a, a recital um, with a pianist or whoever uh, it happens to be there so it's a bit strange in the sense that you're constantly sort of moving around and not playing with the same people all the time but um, pianists are fortunately really 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 good and helpful around uh, most of the time around wherever we go um, and so you basically, as far as preparation for the concert goes, you know, you're only there for a short time, so you may have one rehearsal 
in a touch-up rehearsal and here this part and that part you probably wouldn't get to run through everything and then you do your recital and that's possible if everybody is prepared to do that right um, but I'm also a little cognizant of that and so pieces I decide to play I make sure are not completely impossible for the pianist because they have other things to do besides my concert so um, I try to take things that would be would fit together well or that fit something in that area of the world that I'm going to um, but that's so that's one thing the, the university residencies and I do that mostly in the States um, then there's other concerts where you just go and you do a concert and master class for a festival or something like that and it's just an in and out thing you know sometimes it's just one day and um, the other thing which I really love are actual flute festivals we have those all over the world yeah, we have and something similar for trumpet yeah good they're, they're awesome and they're usually like a week or so and for me I spend a lot of time in, in, in South and Central America Latin America and I love it and flute is really popular there and the weather is awesome so um, that's sort of one of the things I really love doing and uh, especially uh, there's a festival in Costa Rica that I go to every couple of years and um, it's just an amazing week to spend really really very talented students so you're always working at a high level with them which is excellent and then we have colleagues uh, from all over the world that join us at these festivals and uh, it's great to catch up with them or meet new ones and and hear what everybody's doing so it's usually it's it's a really inspirational if not geeky week <laughs> i love that <laughs> but you know it's you know, like minds and then we'll all hang around and eat together and and uh, sightsee together and stuff so it's it's like a working vacation um and the pianists are for those things are always top-notch they're very familiar with the repertoire and so you can almost throw anything at them and they'll be okay so those i really enjoy doing but um that's kind of you know it all comes down to loving the travel part uh, and that means everything even though like you know from booking flights and finding the best routes and all that kind of stuff because i work for myself i don't have an agent um so i have to make all those arrangements myself and that can be a bit tiresome but you get to know a lot about the travel industry i guess you get to know airlines and which ones are better to do this or that and um, but there's there's also the the aspect of of traveling i know a lot of people don't just don't like having to deal with airports and missing flights and especially right now but i can't wait to get back to it and i love airports now i didn't at the beginning but now i like them just because of the excitement that i know is going to happen and um, they always used to seem to be a little confusing to me and what if I'm late and all that Pearson now it's just huge, fun though. like I, it is. I, I don't think I'll ever be able to like figure out my way around there 
I ended up just taking the same route, so I know exactly where to where I need to go when I'm there because you do it often enough. Um, but uh, I don't think I've seen the whole airport. There's no reason to, and so I just go straight to my gate. I, I haven't seen anything else. Um, so it's to me, it's 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 kind of logical airport. There are some that aren't quite so logical, and you know you learn which ones to stay away from if, when you're booking as best you can. And um, like you know, I could mention a few, but maybe I shouldn't. Uh, that you shouldn't go to. Um, but uh, things like like that, and and you know, certain airports you only go to if you have a, at least a certain amount of hours in between a flight. Um, but that is stuff you learn the hard way, of course, you know, um, like you have to do a lot of whoops and <laughs> not going to do that again. But I think the funniest one was, uh, you can delete this one if you want, but the funniest one was actually in Costa Rica and was like four years ago, I think, three years ago. Anyway, so it was my first visit there for the festival and my plane I, um, just couldn't land. I mean, it. Uh, we took two, two go-arounds. So he touched down on the runway and then took right back off and did that twice. And then the third time, lucky, we got down and stayed down. And I thought, yeah, well, that was interesting. Now it's over. Let's, let's get on with the show. And so we got into the airport and a new airport to me, I didn't know where to go, and um, finally got in line. And just as I got to the immigration officer, uh, the power went out, and so all the computers went down. And um, apparently right at that moment, because the reason we couldn't land was he was trying to, there was a storm coming in, and he was trying to figure out which way the wind was going. Um, so the storm knocked out the power, and everything went down. The generators kicked in, but the computers didn't come back up. So you couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't process anybody until the computers came back online. And so I was standing there at the immigration counter having this conversation with the officer, and it turned into an hour and a half of standing there, um, just talking to her about Costa Rica and stuff and all this. And, and meanwhile, the backup is behind me, you know. And... Uh, Finally, um, the computers came up and, and uh, she scanned my passport and all that kind of stuff and said, go. And I walked about four or five steps away and the power went down again. And she looked at me and she said, just go. <laughs> and we just you, you were fired. like that one person who just you, you made it One out. person got through <laughs> and, uh, and the rest, you could just hear this audible moan from everybody. Oh, here we go again. So I just dashed out of there as quick as I could. I don't know how long they were down for again. But, um, you know, that was my first uh, introduction to Costa Rica, which thankfully was uh, more positive after that. <laughs> yeah. So the next time I went to Costa Rica, I was just waiting for it, just waiting <laughs> for it to happen. But it was okay. Like, for me when talking about like flying and stuff I've never flown alone like in theory I was going to last summer but then like I was gonna fly out to Vancouver for an academic competition thing but then you know COVID 
And then also in June of this year, there's like the International Trumpet Guild like annual conference thing and that's in Anaheim. And I highly doubt I'll be able to go because <laughs> COVID. So we'll see. But yeah, I just want to start, you know, slowly easing myself into flying alone, right? Because like I'm still flying with my mom and stuff because I'm still like a minor, right? So we always go on things together. Like the furthest I think I've flown is like Florida. And so I have family out in like PEI. So I think the first time I'll fly alone is like where my mom can drop me off at the airport and they can pick me up. Yeah. Right? But yeah, that I mean, it's that's fun. part of it. It is. It's like, it's fun when you're on your own. Um, I don't know. I guess you have, it's, it depends on one's outlook. I, I just find the whole experience really fun now. And, um, I like, as soon as I get to the airport, I'm like, yeah, I'm in my element and it's time to go make music. And, um, you know, everything is, none of it is chaotic to me. And I suppose that's the thing. Um, if, if you're the type of person that sort of finds chaos and everything, then it probably isn't a good experience for you. But um, I think, you know, stepping out, I, it's going to be exciting for you. It's It just will be. Uh, when you first get there, um, you'll be a little nervous on your own perhaps. But, you know, there's nothing, nothing bad that can happen at all. I mean, nothing. Even even the um, if you stand around for more than five seconds looking lost, there will be somebody from the airline saying, "Do you need help finding something?" <laughs> Unless you're that kid from Home Alone who somehow gets on the wrong flight. Well, yeah. It's like how does that even happen? <laughs> it can't. It can't. Exactly. Okay, I'm sorry. We've been here for literally like an hour now. Yeah. Um. So okay. we might as well just wrap up. So. Last question, do you have any mm -hmm. words of advice for aspiring professional musicians? Hmm. Perhaps don't stop playing. Um, as long as you're playing, you're going to be getting better and there will be opportunities coming. But uh, we need to take part, take care of that initial thing, which is the, the quality of the thing we're doing and making it as good as we can and then the opportunities start to come in but um, it's 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 easy to jump ahead of ourselves and and sort of think well I want to do this that and the other which is great you have those goals in mind but realize that probably what's going to happen are a whole bunch of side things that happen to you and you you want to be able to say yes to all of them and it will take your life in unexpected places uh, that you never even thought of at first all within music and and that's what being sort of flexible about it is i mean it's great if you, if you know you want to play in an orchestra fantastic great um but try not to be so um tunnel visioned as to miss everything else that gets offered that can happen like it's okay to and have like your one goal but just don't like shut all the doors to everything else kind of yeah yeah it, 
that's not how music works. And so um, we just, it's, it's in, even in, in, in not just concert opportunities and stuff, but in schools and stuff like that, you will meet people that will say, hey, what about this? <coughs> and we have to be able to go. I mean, um, I'm all for having goals, but actually, I don't know. You know, I, I used to have goals. I, when I was in school, I had a goal to play in an orchestra because there was no other option at the time for a musician. That was it. You had to play in an orchestra. Um, what I really wanted to do, I think, was solo playing. But you couldn't make a career of that at the time until you had some sort of a name behind you and the way to get a name was to play in an orchestra and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so I finally kind of did, but um, it was kind of 20 odd years in the orchestra that I didn't really want to spend in the orchestra. And it just, time flew. And um, finally I was able to do the thing I really wanted to do in the first place. But um, besides that, there are a whole bunch of other things that um, have come up in the last two decades with the internet and all that kind of stuff giving us way more opportunities um, that you know there there's an untold variety of things that we can do and people are inventing things that we can do and I think that's the way it goes these days for a career in music it's great if you get an orchestra job if that's what you really want and and then you stay there for till you retire or whatever I'm not sure that happens anymore um, but there's it's not the only thing that, that we can do um, and that's the exciting part is that some of the things that we'll be able to do we haven't even thought about yet and um, it's mainly because the world is closer now everybody has access to things and so uh, it really doesn't matter who you are you can find exposure somewhere and uh, get your thing together even what it is that you're doing is, is um, really important for you um, and, and with the um, podcast and so on it's really important because people are getting to know you a little bit and um, all that will serve you really really well you know um, so I think the future is very is really bright for music for musicians as long as we don't stop playing we just have to keep going don't stop It'll always work out yeah it will always work out but um there will be times i guarantee you there'll be times when you say maybe i should stop maybe there's something else i should do and or like when that, you start that can be okay like not Sorry? believing in yourself anymore and it's like oh, i can never do this i should just go be an accountant it's like no just keep going yeah <laughs> Yeah, if you can see yourself doing it, then you'll be okay. But yeah, sometimes you will doubt, definitely doubt. I did quit music for almost a year. Um, kind of just curious to see how the other side lived, you know? Like, how are you, like, people with a regular 9 to 5, how does that feel? And so I did that. Um, and I hated it. It was absolutely ridiculous. And... I thought, I don't understand how people do this. And um, fortunately, I was able to get back into music. But it was 
that satisfied my curiosity. Um, and I see, you know, there's a lot of people, especially nowadays with COVID, um, a lot of people are finding other things that they sh could do. They should be doing whatever. Everybody has to do what they have to do. But um, I don't think that the need for music and for performers and stuff will ever diminish because it's part of humans. It's part of everything, right? But, yeah. yeah, okay, so I guess we should end this. It's been like okay. an hour. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> That's okay. so much just I'm for really sitting glad. down and like talking with me. Not a problem, I'm really glad to do it and uh, good to meet you. Yeah, you too. Yeah, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Okay, so I'm just gonna wrap up like officially just like in the episode so thank you guys for listening if you got to the end of this your support literally means everything to me and just you know thank you for getting to the end of this episode so if you want to follow me on any other platforms my instagram and youtube are both at madeline grace music and i'll see you guys next week